What in the world? Hey, it's an honor to work here at Stone Creek, uh, to work around guys like Sean and Stephen and all the pastors on staff. It's incredible um, that, man, we all, we all, we all love Jesus. We all have some specific talents and, and we all make each other incredibly better. And so uh, this, this church is real, like uh, us on stage, like this is who we are. We're not just some kind of fake it to make it pastors that step up on the stage. But I can promise you as we live out our lives in the offices and at home that we just hang out together, not just in, uh, on, on the daytime when we work, but we, at night we have each other over. And, and it's, just a, it's just a great community to be a part of. And if this is your first time here at Night Church, this is night two of Night Church. We have several nights left and it's going to be an incredible season for us. It's going to be an incredible week for us as we lead up to Easter, uh, the biggest day in the Christian faith. That Jesus, he died for us and then he defeated death and rose from the grave. It's an exciting time. And last year we felt like, man, Easter was just kind of stolen from us a little bit. COVID made us stay at home and us as pastors, we sat on our couches on Easter Sunday watching something across the screen. And so we wanted to take it back a little bit and go, hey, you know what? Uh, last year, 2020, you took away one day Easter. Well, we're going to give you seven more. And so we're going to come back 2021 Easter. And that, that's why it's important for man, for you to be here. That's why it's important for you. So it's not just a, a dream that we have sitting in an office together, but man, we really do believe as we mimic the early church and how they met day by day or night by night, that the Holy Spirit and Jesus began to do something ridiculous in them. And we believe it's the same for you and I. It's not just to go back 20 years when you were growing up and you went to Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and you went through all these nights of church. It's not just to replay a thing in history, but maybe to do something that, that, that'll uh, be a part of us in our future and that Jesus does and continue does in us. And so I have the, the privilege to talk about uh, Jesus and one of the I am statements that he made throughout the book of John. And today we're going to talk about Jesus saying, I am the vine. Can you say it with me? Jesus said, I am the vine. Imagine this. Imagine you have just a few hours to live. You gather your closest friends and your family around your dinner table. You, you know you're about to die. And you gather everyone around. You, you have a meal together. You obviously, you, you pray together. Somebody brings the guitar and you, you sing together. Somebody maybe begins to serve and to, to wash feet. And you, you have this, this dinner together. You know you just have a few hours to live. What do you say at the, the dinner table? What are some of the last words that is going to come out of your mouth? You know you just have a day. And your closest people are surrounding you. What are your last words? We get a picture of this in Jesus over 2,000 years ago where Jesus is hanging out with his best friends, the disciples. And he's sitting around and he's having a meal together with him. He, he begins to wash his disciples' feet. They sing a song together. And then Jesus leaves the upper room. They walk down the steps. They walk the streets of the Jerusalem. They, they pass the eastern gate and they walk into the Kidron Valley. And there Jesus is. Jesus, I, I could imagine his disciples forming a horseshoe around him. There's Peter, there's John, there's Matthew. And Jesus stops. His disciples have no idea that before the sun rises, he'll be arrested. And before the sun sets, he would die. And he gathers his disciples around. 
And he says this in John 15, his last I am statement. Jesus says this, he goes, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may, be, that it, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Jesus says, I am the vine. Hey, disciples, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and he withers and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. For this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Jesus' last sermon. Disciples, he stops in the Kidron Valley, probably in a vineyard where there's grape vines growing everywhere. And he preaches his last sermon. Now, now, when you think of Jesus saying, I am the vine, maybe you think of like the poison ivy vine going up an oak tree. Anybody ever mess with some poison oak or some poison ivy? Not good news. Jesus saying that I'm the vine, you're like, well, I don't know if I want anything to do with that. Maybe you've seen vines that like are on a trellis and they just kind of take over a fence or a trellis. It's a little bit different. A grapevine is a little bit different. We have a picture of a grapevine. A grapevine actually has, the vine is actually a trunk. At the bottom of the picture is, is the trunk. And as the, the vine grows, there's branches that grow off the vine and then fruit grow off the branches. So, so Jesus is actually saying, Jesus is going, hey, I am the vine. Or, or maybe it's easier for us to understand that Jesus is the trunk of the tree. Jesus isn't just some wimpy vine that you can just break and tear apart, but Jesus is actually the trunk. And he says this in verse one, he goes, I am the true vine. Jesus says this. He goes, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. And Jesus kind of sets the characters in place here. Jesus goes, hey, uh, before I tell you the story, I, I wanna let you know that, that, that Jesus, that I am the vine and that my father, God, he's the vine dresser or he's the gardener. And we later find out throughout this story that, that, that you and I, that we're the, branch, the branches. So, so imagine God the Father, he, he's actually planted the vineyard. And Jesus himself, he's the trunk, or he's the vines. He, he, he's the trunk that's rooted into the ground. And, and his Father God is walking the vineyard, tending to his vines. And then you and I, we're, we're, the, we're the branches that come off the vine. And Jesus says this in verse two, it says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he, the gardener, God, the father, he takes away and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it bears more fruit. The Greek word that is used here for, for, for cut off in some translations or, or takes away is, is actually more aligned to, to lifting up. And if you know anything about gardening or 
or grapevines, what would happen with, with the gardener would, would begin to walk the rows of his grapevines, inspecting all of the vines. And he would check and see if the grapes were ready and if it was ready for, 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 for him to harvest all of his grapes. And as he would walk the lines of his vineyards, he would notice that some branches would actually start growing. And when new branches would grow, they would grow closer to the ground. They were, less, they were weaker than the other branches. And so he would begin to actually lift up these branches and hang them on a trellis or tie them to another branch. So, so Jesus, he's given us this picture here. When, when most of us read it, we're going like, ooh, what, what? Jesus just cuts off or he takes away the branches that don't produce fruit. What, what he's talking about is that we as Christians, if, if we're connected to the trunk, like we're believers in Jesus. But, but some of us believers, we're really not producing fruit. And what Jesus is saying is he doesn't just cut you off. Oh, it's been six months since there's been abundance of joy or love or peace or self-control in your life. Huh, I'm the gardener. I guess I'm chopping you off. Jesus isn't saying that. The, the picture that Jesus gives us is says, hey, the gardener, God, he's actually walking through the garden, through, through the streets and through your neighborhoods, and he's looking at his fruit. He's looking at the branches, that, 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 which, which, is, which is us, and, and he's, he's looking at us. It doesn't just cut us off when we're not producing fruit, but, but he actually lifts us up. And in the gardening world, when, when the branches would grow down to the bottom, that when it would begin to rain, the branches would get muddy. And then the sun would come out and the branches would get mildewy. And so the gardener would, would walk around and he would get down on his knees and he would carry a bucket of water with him and he'd begin to wash these branches at the bottom. And he would grab these branches after he began to clean up the branch and he began to tie it to another branch or trellis. Jesus gives us this picture. Do you feel that way? Do you feel like, man, you're trying to live the Christian life, that you're trying to follow Jesus? And maybe you've been told all your life, like, you know if you're a follower of Jesus by the fruit that you produce. Well, maybe you're not producing much fruit. And maybe you're walking in here going, man, what, what kind of message is this going to be? Is this going to be, okay, I'm chopped off and thrown into the fire talk? And Jesus says, hey, I want to I I clean you up. And I want to lift you up. Jesus isn't coming after you with shears in the weed basket. He's coming with a bucket of water. Jesus isn't coming just to chop you off and throw you away. Jesus is actually coming with a, a bucket of water to clean you up. And some of us, we, we know we're, we're the bottom branch. <laughs> we remember giving our lives to Christ years ago. and We've just kind of slipped away and kind of gotten, gotten out of the routine of following Jesus question to you tonight is what do you need to be tied to who do you need to be tied to maybe someone brought you here today and, and maybe they didn't tell you but maybe they feel like you're a bottom branch and, and maybe you need to tie yourself to their branch so you can grow stronger maybe you feel like you're a low branch you're not producing much fruit and maybe you need to be tied to a trellis which is the word of God 
Maybe you feel like you're not producing much fruit, so you need to tie yourself in the season to, to a season of prayer and commit to pray. And prayer will help strengthen you and guide you to, to produce fruit. In verse 4, Jesus says this. He goes, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, which is Jesus. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Most of us in this room, if we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, if we talk about, man, do you want some love in your life? Hey, anybody want some peace in their marriage and their relationships? Anybody want some self-control in their spending habits or how they surf the internet? Then most of us, we look at each other, Christian or not, good person or bad, and we go, man, we want some of this stuff in our life. And Jesus goes, hey, look, I'm just going to set the table for you. I'm going to lay the foundation. The only way that you can have these things is if you're connected to me. The only way that you can have these fruits these expressions of fruits in your life is, is to be connected, to, to abide in Jesus. In verse 5, he goes, I am the vine. He, he's not letting it go. And Jesus goes, hey, you, the disciples, us as believers, hey, we're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anybody want just to fall a little bit in love? anybody I get it you might be walking through just a dangerous season in your life but anybody's prayer is just like give me just a couple minutes of peace Jesus says if you abide in me I am going to abide in you but if you abide in me I'm going to give you much I'm going to give you a lot I'm going to overwhelm you with this fruit and then Jesus says this in verse 6. It says, if anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch. And he withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown in the fire and they're burned. Now, no, what Jesus is saying here is he goes, if, you're, if, you're, if you don't abide in me, if you're not clinging to me, Jesus doesn't cut you off. You've cut yourself off. If you don't abide in Jesus then you were never a branch. Because Jesus is saying, hey, I, I am the vine, I am the trunk, and, and you are the branch. And if a branch isn't abiding, living in the trunk, then there's no branch. Jesus isn't scaring us away and going like, hey, look, if you give up, if you stop abiding in me, then I'm gonna throw you into the, to, to the fire. No, no, Jesus is saying, hey, look, if you've never abided in me, you've never, you've never been a branch. This isn't a scare tactic of Jesus, but Jesus is di differentiating between us as branches, as believers of those people who have committed their life to him and those people who haven't yet committed their life to him. In verse 7, Jesus says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, I love this, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Jesus says, if you abide in me, Jesus, and if you abide in my words, the Bible, does your prayer life stink right now? Jesus says, if, if you abide in me, if you cling to me, if you hold on to me, and if you cling to my words and you hold on to my words, you can ask anything and it'll be given to you. 
Answered prayer is the result of abiding. If you feel like, man, Jesus is not responsive in your prayer life, if you just feel like you're, you're, you're talking to a wall and nothing's happening, my, my question to you is, 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 is not that your prayer is not good enough, but, but are you abiding in Jesus? Are you, are you clinging to him? Are you holding on to him? In verse 8, it says, by this, by abiding, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and then you so prove to be my disciples. The result, the result of you and I, the result of us abiding in Jesus is not us becoming a better person. It's not us becoming just our lives beginning getting easier, the result of us abiding is that the gardener, that father, that our father, God, is glorified. How often do you and I, we try to live this Christian life and sometimes we make it just the, the moral thing to do? That you and I, that we begin to try to live this lifestyle and we know that morally, if we actually are better and we act better, then we'll get better results. If we live a better life and we produce these fruits that are helpful to people, then it'll make us better and our relationships better, and they might. But so often, that's our end result. But Jesus is saying is the, the whole idea, the whole purpose of this analogy and these words of abiding and branches and vines is that the Father, that God, is glorified. And then verse 9 and 10, it says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Jesus ends this, this sermon, this rally of his closest friends hours before he was arrested and he said, I know I said abide like 14, 15, 16 times. I know I felt like I repeated myself over and over, but I wanted you to understand the concept of the trunk and the vine and the branches. But ultimately, I want to end this talk. I want to end my time with you by, by telling you how much I love you. I'm going to read it again. Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, as God has loved Jesus, so have I loved you. He's telling his friends goodbye. He's looking at his disciples in their eyes and going like, I want you to hear this. Beyond the vine, beyond all the, maybe the confusion of this, I want you to know that this, this Jesus, this, this person that's talking right now, man, that I love you. Hey, hey Peter, I, I don't know if that just went in one ear and out the other, but, but Peter, I love you. Hey, hey John, I, I know it's about to get crazy, and I know that was kind of confusing, but, but like, hey, just as God the Father has loved me, I I love you. And Jesus ends this, this whole story with this, his love for us. And Jesus loves you. Jesus so passionately loves you. <laughs> I wonder what his disciples were thinking as Jesus began to walk away. I don't know if it was Peter, if it was John, if it was Matthew. But one of them probably looked at each other and goes, so what, what's the purpose of the branch? Like, what? I'm, I'm the branch. 
you're the branch. What are, we, what are we supposed to do? And I want to ask you the same question. What's the purpose of the branch? And I bet just like the disciples, most of you are going to, well, to produce fruit. The purpose of the branch, the purpose of us is to produce fruit. Now, someone had to have stepped in and maybe it was Jesus. And Jesus was like, how many times did I say abide? How many times did I say abide if you could just abide in me I'm going to just abide in you other words for abide cling to uh, abide hold on to abide like imagine two-year-old girl like around your leg and you can't move like abide to, to, to live and Jesus says hey hey as the branch your sole job is to abide to hang on. Can you imagine yourself as the branch? Jesus, the trunk, and like, okay, this is my job. Like, okay, I'll just hold on. And what Jesus is telling us, that we just hold on to the trunk, that Jesus, the trunk, the vine, that Jesus will begin to produce the, the, the fruit in our lives. How many times in your lives have you tried to produce your own fruit? <laughs> How many times in your life have you go, I'm just going to have self-control today? Today, I promise, oh, I'm just going to be patient. I'm just, I'm going to treat you in love today. I'm just, <laughs> again, your own power, it's impossible. And most of us, we live that way. Like, well, we're the branch. And we're really only a branch if we produce fruit. Because if we don't produce fruit, then what are we doing at the bottom? And Jesus is going, are you abiding in me? Are you, are you abiding? Jesus is going, are you, are you living with me? And it's, and it's not this idea of like a roommate renting out a room in your house. It's not like you have a massive house and you're like, hey, Jesus, go, I gotta, I'll stay in the basement. You can be on the third floor and hang out with me over there. Jesus is talking about like the old school college dorm where you walk in and it's not like the suites you guys are going to go into colleges nowadays where you have your own bathrooms and showers and hot tubs in your dorms. I don't know what's going on. But when I went to school, I walked into the dorm and I'm like, oh, there's a bed and there's a bed. And we have a little sink and you had to walk down the hall to, to use the restroom and to take a shower. And you had two options in the dorm room. Do you keep the bed separate, which is about six feet apart, COVID, or do you stack the beds on top of each other, maybe bring in a little love seat or a couch? You had one TV. You had to figure out what you were watching. You were in close quarters. If your roommate didn't shower, you knew it. If your roommate brought somebody over for the night, you knew it. If your roommate didn't clean his sheets or take away his dishes, like you knew it. You lived together. And Jesus is saying, man, won't you just live with me? Now, after living in the college dorm, when you walk back into your house, isn't it comforting? You walk back into the house maybe you grew up in. Your, your mom may have some cookies coming out of the oven. And, and one of the first things I did going back into my house was I would take my shoes off. I would get comfortable. And I would relax. I could be my authentic self. Because my parents knew me. My house was safe. 
I could trust it. And Jesus is going, man, I so desperately want this for you. Would you walk, walk up to me and would you take off your shoes and would you just be you and live with me? And if you're dirty and if you're not producing fruit, like I'll clean you up. But, but would you just come in and stop trying to perform and just live with me? What, what would that look like? If, if every morning we woke up and we said, hey, Jesus, like, man, I, I just want to live with you. Like, I want to be attached to you. I, I want to be connected to you. I want you to be my Siamese twin, Jesus. Like, wherever I go, you go. Like, what would our lives look like if we actually prayed that? You don't have to, to convince God to connect with you. You don't have to convince God to abide to you. The, the problem with, with most of us is that we're abiding somewhere, but it's just not with Jesus. That, that we're connected to something, but it's not Jesus. That you and I, that, that we'll bear hug something, but it's not Jesus. Question, where are you abiding? What are you clinging to? What are you so desperately not letting go of? Because if you walk away, your life's going to crumble. Is it your job? Is it a toxic friend in high school? Is it your grades? Is it the relationship that you've been in or just gotten out of? And you and I, we wonder when, when these things collapse all around us, we wonder why it's so devastating to us. Well, it's because we've been clinging to them. And if you bear hug that, there's no room for Jesus. <laughs> you, can't, you can't bear hug two things. You've tried group hugs, right? Someone always gets left out. Like you can't spread the love perfectly around the circle. And Jesus is going, man, my, my desire for you is I, I just want you to bear hug me. And I want to live with you. We see this played out in the first relationships that God created, Adam and Eve. Where Adam and Eve would walk the garden and, and God would come out and God would just live with them. And God hung out with them and God abided with them and Adam and Eve abided and lived with God. Man, it was perfect. It was so good. And Adam and Eve decided, well, man, I, I can live with God. But, but I think I, think I want to cling to this. I want to cling to some knowledge. I want to cling to some power. I want to cling to some fruit that... It had to have looked tasty. And as soon as they grabbed the fruit, they let go of God. And as soon as they trusted this fruit, they stopped abiding with God. And we know the story. That Adam and Eve, they were, they were kicked out of the garden. They weren't kicked out of God's life, but they were kicked out of the garden. And before they were kicked out, they were full of shame. They were naked. And what did God do? God begins to walk the garden because he's the gardener. 
and he walked over to Adam. <laughs> they were playing hide and seek and Adam, God was like, I, I see you, Adam. Eve, <laughs> why did y'all hide in the same spot? And God reached over, he goes, come here, come here. I know you're naked. I, I know this is weird, but I'm here to lift you up. Church, look right at me. Do you need to be lifted up tonight? As you look at your life, as you take an inventory of your life, is there fruit? Are you clinging to Jesus? Are you abiding in him? Because your only job is to abide, cling to Jesus. Jesus wants you to come home. Jesus wants to give you the safety that you so desire. Jesus wants to give you the reassurance Jesus wants you to know that you're good enough. Jesus wants to take away the anxiety. Jesus wants you to be able to walk back into relationship with him, take off your shoes. Go, here I am. So some of us in this room, we have a decision to make. Maybe for so long, you've been trying to make these fruits happen in your branch and maybe for the first time you're going I got this wrong all I have to do is cling to hold on to accept the love of Jesus and you need to turn your life you need to become a branch and how we do that is just by simply praying to God and asking God like Jesus I've just been a stick but I want to be a branch Jesus, I've been doing it on my own, but, but I, I want you to do it. I want you to lead my life. I want you to give me the nutrients that I need. I want you to give me the power that I need. Will you take over my life? And if you pray that, we call that salvation. We, we call that a beginning relationship with Jesus. So just in a few seconds, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to, to pray out to God. But there's also some people in this room that we need to mimic the life of Jesus. We, we need to see what, what Jesus told his disciples. And then you and I, we need to walk around our office. We need to walk around our neighborhood and we need to see what kind of branches are on the ground. And we need to have some conversations of like, man, I'm not gonna judge you. I'm not gonna cut you off my life but I'm gonna lift you up. And would you just connect yourself to me as I'm connected to the vine? So some of us, we need to give our lives over to Jesus and some of us need to play role of gardener in someone else's life. Let's pray. Jesus, I, I thank you so much for the life that you've given us. And I pray, Jesus, that, that everyone in this room, we, we can feel connected to you. And Jesus, if there's anybody in this room that says, man, I, I want to connect my life to Jesus. 
I like the idea. I like the promise of if I bear hug Jesus, that, that he will do the work in me. I pray Jesus, they, they pray something like this. Hey, dear Jesus, I love you. I'm done doing it on my own. Jesus, I, I abide in you because I know you abide in me. And if you prayed that for the first time tonight, just in boldness like the early church and celebration of what God's doing in and through your life in our church, I want you to raise your hand. And so I'm going to count to three. And if you prayed that prayer for the first time, I want you just to raise your hand. Ready? One, two, three. Yeah. And for all of us else in the room, who we're branches, that we're abiding in Jesus. Will you and I commit to find the branches that are growing close to the ground and will we kneel down next to them and begin to lift them up? You'll commit to that. Will you raise your hand? One, two, three. Jesus, thank you so much for your love. Thank you so much for loving us well. I pray, Jesus, that you continue to give the nutrients and the things that we need. In Jesus' name, amen.